Come on, Jeanette, get out of here and sit down. Miss Jackie, could I get you to come up here and grab a mic? Hey, Miss Jackie, could I get you to come up here and grab a mic right quick? I know you have an announcement. We're going to make some announcements this morning ahead of time because uh, the uh, children and all doing the day, and I want you to be sure and hear them. Miss Jackie, share that with them, hon. Okay, ladies, um, we have the ladies' Bible study coming up August the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Um, it's a great opportunity for you to bring a friend that you can have uh, a spiritual journey with and to, to know God better and to have fellowship with other uh, ladies. Uh, the God's presence and his promises give us courage to press on and trust him in our situations and our circumstances. The books will be $15 and a gift for Loving Choices. There's more information on the bulletin board about um, the times and places and um, gift suggestions for the, for the Loving Choices. Please sign up and please bring a friend. We need, we need you all. I think you will thoroughly enjoy this. The name of the book is Take Courage by um, it's Ro uh, Jennifer Rothschild. Thank you, Jackie. Hand that to Brother Harold. Let him talk about the GBS right quick. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, August the 15th on Tuesday at 1130, uh, the GBS, Glory Bound Seniors and uh, Seniors in Training, you're invited to. And uh, we are having a covered dish dinner. We're having a guest speaker, uh, Brother Tom Hover from the Eastside Baptist Church in uh, Fayetteville. And he is an illusionist. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun to hear him speak and uh, some of the, the tricks or magic he does. Good, good stuff, though. So uh, si there's a sign-up sheet. Sign up, and we'll see you then. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Harold. Men, I want to remind you, August the 12th of the men's breakfast. Please get signed up. Be a part of that. Have a great time. Also, the men's fall retreat, that'll be taking place on September the 22nd and 23rd. Please uh, get signed up for that. Also, cost you 25 bucks. You're going to get a wonderful steak dinner and then some good time of fellowship. And Brother Scott Hobbs will be sharing uh, testimony and scripture with us at, uh, on Saturday morning and Saturday at noon. Also, I... Uh, Ms. Diana, would you like to say something about the, uh, the uh, live New Life Banquet, please, ma'am, right quick? Folks, I'd, like, I'd love to see you all plan to come to the, the Preservers of Life Banquet, sponsored by Loving Choices, October 26th. That's a ways off, so you've got lots of time to prepare. This is a fundraising banquet, but there is no obligation whatsoever. The main thing that they're trying to do is familiarize you with who they are and what they're doing to save lives. Thank you, ma'am. We praise God for each one of you that are here this morning. Our guests, we thank you for being here. Please fill out that little slip of paper in front of you so we'll have a record of your visit. Also, all of our membership, praise God that you're here. I know you're looking forward to hearing from this wonderful group of young people or children down here and from their sponsors, so you just... Uh, Plan on enjoying that, and somebody's or someone asked, "Well, are you going to preach?" Well, if God gives us enough time, and you can sit still long enough, yeah, 
we're going to preach a bit, and anything we don't accomplish this morning, we'll talk about tonight. So, see, so you have another opportunity to be back. And we praise God for that. I want to remind you, we have the confirmation now, October 13, 14, and 15 will be our spiritual enrichment conference. My brother, Monty Mills, will be here and will be leading us in that conference. And I encourage you, you'll hear more about it as time goes on, gets closer. But plan on making plans to be here if you can at all. That'll be a Friday night, Saturday, uh, Friday night, Saturday night for the men and the boys, and then Sunday a.m. p.m. for the whole church. So plan on making it here. I guarantee you, God will bless you. And God will speak to your heart through the Word. I praise God that we have folks like Tammy and other teachers and sponsors and Harold that work with these kiddos. You'll hear from them in just a few moments. Will you stand with me as we pray? Lord God, we do praise you. We love you. We thank you, Father that you bless us in such a very special way. Now, Father, you just speak through these children and their sponsors, and we'll give you praise for it all. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Harold, lead us, brother. Good morning. Let's start out this, sing this morning singing, To God Be the Glory. Great things He has done. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gates that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus hear his voice praise the lord praise the lord let the people rejoice oh come to the father through jesus the son and give him the glory great things he hath done great things he had taught us Great things he had done, and great our rejoicing, 
Five of the children here that uh, went to camp with us. There was eight all together. There's three that not able to be here with us this morning. But uh, it was it was great. It was fun, <laughs> and uh, it was busy. It was a blessing to see the great things that God hath done. Um, first, we're going to start off playing a video. This is uh, a quick video, if you could dim the lights, please. Um, this is the full stage, and the children or the band is in front of this. And uh, let's see, I think you, yeah, can enlarge that. But uh, the children are in front, and there's a screen in back, and it's going to show um, some things that happened during the week of the, the joy work. Last week you heard from the pra uh, praise works. That was the teenagers. Today you're going to hear from joy works, and that's the children through age 12. And uh, let's see, move that up to what, 23, 23, across the bottom there? He's got it, okay. <laughs> anyway, watch this. This is some happenings, quick uh, flicks of what happened during the week, joy work. The screen is small, but you get the picture.
Okay, lights on. That's great. Thank you. You seen them practicing uh, choir practice? They had uh, probably what thirteen hours of choir, uh, choir rehearsal. About thirteen hours of it. So yeah, have two times in a couple of days. It was three times, three times a day, three hours of uh, choir practice. At this time. They're going to sing a couple of songs for us. The first one is Let Go and Let God.
Okay, this next song is really, uh, was the theme song for this uh, camp week, and it's on our shirts uh, in his image, and this next song is in the image of God. All right, this time uh, we are going to show the children's choir. This was on the Friday morning, uh, the final 
program, and it's the band played, and the teenagers choir sang, and uh, the joy works, the children's sang, and just imagine a couple hundred children up there singing. It was it was great, and um, this song is called Follower of Christ, and we're going to let you watch it on the the video, and uh, these children are up there with the other couple hundred, and it just sounded great. If you want to watch this, you can look it up. Uh, uh, Praise Works, Joy Works, that's all one word. Praise Works, Joy Works, slash uh, live stream. And, uh, and you can watch it and look it up. Uh, go under final uh, 2023, and uh, you can watch that Friday morning's program. Follow of Christ. Tammy, come up here. We need all you stand up too. Where you want to? Okay, I'm going to ask Jocelyn to come up first, and um, she can talk a little bit about her experience at camp. Come on, you 
you can do this. Come on, I'm right here with you. In case you didn't know, my name is Jocelyn. Thank you all for being here today. Church camp was awesome. I got to know more about God and the Bible. It says in Matthew 18, 21 through 22, the Bible says, Then Peter, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. That taught me to forgive others again and again. It was too also a blast to wake up even though I didn't want to, to eat breakfast, talk, hang out, and going straight to worship. But that wasn't the only thing me and my group did. We had track, which was our activities. And my favorite is going to be bucket jump. I don't know why, but I loved it. In evening worship, I saw people who didn't even know each other pray for each other they didn't know. I was moved by that. But that's all, and thank you. Hi, my name is Caleb. So on the last night of camp, Pastor Rawls had a bucket full of rocks, and he said, imagine you carrying that bucket of rocks, but instead of rocks, it's sin. So then Pastor Rawls told us that bucket of sin needs to be empty. So that night, I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sins. And after that, I felt a sense of relief, and I knew, God, and I, and I knew God, that God forgave me. And I want to thank you for, for y'all's support, and thanks to the sponsors for letting us go to camp. I learned a lot at church camp. The classes I learned from is choir and guitar. What I learned from choir is no matter how we are made, it's in God's image. What I learned from guitar is how to, or getting to know different notes like A, wait, F, A, D, G, D, E. My favorite thing we got to do is worship, go in the morning, and tag time with God. And tag time with God is devotion. Sometimes there are four or more questions as a group, but kind of keep it to yourself. But it was really fun. All right, Avery, you want to come up? Do you want to talk? You don't have to. I'm just asking if you want to. Okay, then that leaves you, Sophia. You're next. Come on. Sophia. This is a loving church, and I love you. You can do this. Come on. Come on. Tell us what you learned at camp. My name's Sophia, and I probably look like a tomato right now. At church camp, God's presence was like no other. He was always there right next to you, experiencing all the experiences as you do. Um, the, my favorite part of camp personally was actually right before I went to bed for two reasons. 
One, I got to review everything I did today and think of how it made me closer with God and go to sleep again. <laughs> but I think that's all. Sorry. We had a great camp this, this year. I think the kids learned a lot. I did not ask them or tell them they had to do this. Most of them wanted to speak, and they came up with their own words and wrote them down for you. Um, we had a good group. We had some hard times, good times, but we made it through. I think that's part of being at camp is you get closer, and each kid has struggles, and you just have to get with them and, and work through those struggles with God's help. Um, Jocelyn really excelled during camp this year. She was amazing. I think she learned a lot. She was a good friend. Um, she just was there for all of the girls. Um, Avery, I think, did very well as well. Um, she's had a tough year, but, you know, she's made that through, and I think she, she did a great job at camp. She participated. Um, she um, excelled with the other girls as well. Um, they all got along at mostly at times we had some problems, but for mo most of it, we got along. Um, Brooklyn had a very tough week. It was kind of an emotional week for her, and you all know why. But um, we loved on her. We prayed for her, and we did a great, great job getting her through that week. She did a wonderful job. I think Sophia and, and uh, Anya learned a lot this week. They learned uh, a lot about forgiveness of each other. Um, they had struggles, but they also learned how to love on each other and, and get through that as friends and, um, and work through some of that and forgive each other. I can't speak for the boys, but I know that they looked like they were having a pretty good time most of the time. It was hot, uh, humid, um, but it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> um, Brooklyn talked about the devotion time, and that's really all I want to say is we have a devotion time every morning after breakfast, and there's a list they give you of like four or five questions. And as a leader, you just, you know, help them find the spot in the Bible, maybe read the question to them, and then you give them time to answer that question on their own and in their own hearts. And I have looked at some of their devotions that they showed me, and these kids really did have that devotional time with God. It was amazing to see some of their answers and questions. All right. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to Harold because he's going to tell you more about our experience of daily stuff and his testimony, and I think he can go over that with you. All right. I will try. I'd rather stand up here and sing with you all than to speak. <laughs> but... Uh, Three weeks ago today, on uh, July 9th, uh, that evening, the children were coming in, teenagers and, and these children back here were coming in and going to spend the night that Sunday night and, uh, cause, and stay all night so you can get up early and leave the next morning, Monday morning, the 10th, at 6 o'clock. Um, that evening, my, our daughter let our three grandchildren off, and she got out of the car, and she said, my dad's almost 80 years old, and this is the first time he went to camp. <laughs> well, she was half right. She was little when I did go to camp about 35 years ago with the two older 
older children, and that was a camp in Oklahoma. And it was no, no comparison to this one. This was really something. Anyway, uh, everybody got up. We was able to leave at 6 o'clock. Uh, we had uh, a van and the bus uh, were practically both full. And uh, Brother Thomas was driving the bus. I was driving the van, trying to catch up with Thomas all the time. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and the trailer was hooked onto to my van that I was driving. So I was a little bit worried about that. But there was no problem. It, it, it went great. And um, so we were almost there down at uh, Wachita uh, Baptist College, and we stopped that morning or almost noon to uh, eat lunch at, at McDonald's. And um, like I said, there was no comparison uh, this camp to, uh, to I went to years ago. Tammy had uh, six girls, and I had uh, two, two boys two awesome young men, and um, there was, this camp was, well, it was fun. It was all rolled up into one big ball, fun. There was a lot of learning. There was hearing the gospel and uh, just, just praising God. And uh, you heard the teenagers last week talk about tracks, and somebody asked me, what's tracks? Well, that was different sessions, different classes that uh, they could go to. The teenagers could choose different tracks to go to, but uh, the children, they had a, a set schedule, and they didn't have a choice, but it was, it was great. There was um, the, the faculty was something else. They were awesome. The faculty, they were from Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, Texas, I believe the uh, choir director, Kristen, yeah, she was from Plainto, Texas. Now, all the faculty members, they went there on their own expense. I mean, they didn't get paid, but they were, they were just experts at what they was doing. It was great. And some of the classes, um, well, start out, uh, we had a short worship service in the morning. The kids did called uh, Joy in the Morning, which was a, a devotion and a prayer. And then right after that, we had 20 minutes. We'd split up to our, our different groups for a Bible study and prayer. And uh, uh, they had a, a different questions to fill out. Uh, some of the classes or tracks that they had was uh, choir rehearsal. Uh, I think the first day there was one or two. Next two days there was three choir rehearsals each day, so they had a lot of hours of, uh, of choir rehearsal. And um, we was going to different classes, and I know these two boys probably looking back and saying, is that old man going to catch up with us, you know? <laughs> but uh, I did pretty good. Um, there was uh, quite a bit of walking, a lot of steps to go up and down. Uh, choir rehearsal was down the lower level of this, this one building. Um, some of the classes was um, guitar. They learned uh, different chords on the guitar, and everyone had a guitar, maybe a class, a room full of uh, 50 children. And uh, one of them was bucket drum, 
You know, you can take a, a five-gallon plastic bucket and make music. These kids did. They had a real good instructor. They learned how to count to four. <laughs> it was, it was four-four time, and uh, they'd hit the you know one, two, three, and then hit the other uh, drumstick on the edge of the bucket, and uh, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Anyway, they practiced that, but they all did it together. It made music, and then he played uh, played some music that went with it. And it, it sounded great. It really did, those plastic buckets. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. They had fun doing it and, uh, and learning, too. Uh, they had an acting class, singing one-on-one. And I guess um, uh, the one I really liked was deeper. I think the teens had that, too. It was deeper, getting into the Word of God deeper. And... Uh, uh, it was taking a passage and um, taking a verse that stood out, highlighting it and uh, what to do with it in your life and uh, for others too. There was um, worship every evening. Ours started, uh, children's worship started at uh, no, 7.15 and uh, started out, there was, there was music. We had a talent show. And some of the talents from all over the state, it was great. Kids, uh, several played the piano, several sang, they played the trumpet, and uh, just different instruments. It was uh, great to see how much talent uh, these children had. Um, worship service that evening was uh, brought to us by uh, Brother Rob. His last name is Dunning. Rob Dunning, and uh, that was awesome. The young man that led the music, uh, Caleb, uh, he played the guitar, and uh, he was he was fun, wasn't he? Yeah, they they the kids loved him. Not only um, uh, spiritual songs, but he he played songs that was games, also that they acted out and uh, and played games. That was a lot of fun, and. Um, Brother, Brother Rob, the minister, Pastor Rob, he brought some uh, great, great messages. Uh, they mentioned one while ago of uh, the bucket filled with rocks and getting rid of those, those rocks, getting rid of that sin, sin not having to carry it around. There was one sermon. I don't know if I got time to tell about that. Should I? <laughs> anyway... There was one, one message one night about the prodigal son, and he told about the prodigal son and how he um, wanted his inheritance. He got the money. He left home, and he, he just blew it. He, he wasted his money. He found himself uh, feeding the pigs. He needed a job, and he was hungry and feeding the pigs. Well, Brother Rob had a bucket, a five-gallon bucket, and it had stuff in it, icky stuff. It was thick. He called it slop. And uh, slopping the hogs. I don't know what it was made out of, but he showed the kids and told them to smell it. It, it just stunk. It's supposed to have been stinky, but I don't think it really was. But, uh, and then uh, he called his, his daughter up. Uh, his wife and daughter were there. I think she was five or six years old. 
and uh, she came up on stage. He picked her up and, and loved her and just showed how much he loved her just as the father loved the prodigal son, the son that left home. And uh, then he took that bucket of slop and he poured it into a, uh, a container sitting on the floor and uh, he took his daughter and stood her up. He poured that slop in there. He stood her up in that slop. And uh, all the children said, yeah. And uh, he went ahead and told about how hungry the, the son was and uh, feeding the, the, the pigs and eating the husk. And, uh, but his father uh, kept his eye open down the towards the road, looking for his son to come home someday. Everybody knows, knows the story. And uh, he set his, set his daughter down in that slop, and pretty soon she knelt down in it and sat down in it, and uh, everybody went, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it looked nasty. Anyway, he uh, went ahead and told the story how the father saw the son coming down the road, and uh, he ran out to meet him. At that time, he, he picked up his daughter, and she was nasty and dirty, but still, still, he loved her. He loved her. Even though she stunk and nasty and dirty, that, he, that love was still there, just like the father and the prodigal son. Uh, during the evening worship, there was many that came to the altar. Many decisions made, and uh, I know there's many, many that was saved, accepted Christ as their Savior. Um, I want to end this with, um, there's a movie that is showing called Sound of Freedom. How many has seen that? Okay, several. I, I urge everyone to go see that. It's a true story. It's about selling, no, kidnapping and selling children and uh, the misuse of these children. It's a true, true story. Children are a gift from God. They're a gift from God. We need to love and protect them. In that movie, The guy was working to save children, was sitting across the table from one of the uh, bad men that was uh, involved in, in this and selling the children. And you have to listen closely to catch this, because he tells the man across the table uh, what Jesus said about children and those that hurt children. In uh, Matthew 18, 6, but whoso shall offend one or hurt one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone be hung around his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. And that was in, in that movie. That was uh, one of the important important lines in that movie. Another line that I have seen on Facebook, it, they're putting it on caps and on t-shirts. 
And that line was, God's children are not for sale. God's children, they're not for sale. All right. I believe that ends our program. Do you have any more to say? I just want to thank everybody here in the church that sponsors these children and are here to help with them each and every day. You don't know how grateful I am for each and every one of your help, your sponsorship, anything that we do, you participate in and help these kids, and I really do appreciate it and love you for it. Um, I want to let you know that I love each and every one of you kids that I work with on Wednesday nights. Um, I'm always here for you, no matter what I can do. If I can't do it, I'll figure out some way that we can get the right person involved in it to help. But I'm always here for you, and I hope that you know that you can come to me and talk to me at any time. All right? Um, and I, again, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I know the boys had a good time. Uh, I know in our dorm, the lights were supposed to be out at 10.15, and they were, except one night. <laughs> they, they stayed up a little later, and uh, they went right to bed. They were good, but uh, now getting up, that was a different story. There was one of them, just didn't want to get up. <laughs> I was told to pour ice water on them, but I didn't do that. Maybe next year. <laughs> Let's stand, please. We're going to sing this course, Sanctuary. Let our ushers come forward this time. Receive this morning's offering. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a
as we give unto the Lord God his tithes and our love offering. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we praise your name for these children, for their sponsors, for those that taught them in camp, gave them their time, their talent, and allowed you to use them in a mighty way. Thank you. Thank you for Tammy. Thank you for Harold. Thank you for those parents that allowed their children to go. And we just give you praise for it. Now bless the tithes and offerings, Father. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and feeds for me. Himself, I cannot die. 
Thank you so very much. Thank you, children. I'm going to ask you all to give me about 10 minutes, if you would. You heard how the Word of God was shared with our children, how they responded. I believe there was about three, four different decisions made within our children. We praise God for that. I ask you to open your Bibles with me just for a moment to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at a very familiar passage. Jesus has just worked the miracle of feeding the 5,000 men plus women and children with the five loaves, two fishes. An amazing happening that we cannot understand. Some people call it a parable. Folks, it was the teaching of God, the working of a miracle of Christ Jesus. The Word says that He also healed those that were sick, those that were lame, that were brought to Him in a place that was deserted. Folks traveled to no ends to see Jesus, to be with Him. And we find at that time, the disciples said, Lord God, they're getting hungry. We, can't, we must send them away. He says, we'll feed them. They say, we don't have enough money. We don't have a place to even go buy that much food. Jesus says, just bring what you got. Folks, this is what God says to us today. Listen, God says to us today, just bring what you got. Just bring what you got. I can't sing. I can't teach. I can't preach. I can't, I can't, I can't. God says, listen, just bring what you got. Just come on, be a part of what's going on with what you have, with what God has blessed you with. They walked up said, hey, Jesus, we got five loaves, we got two fishes. I don't know what we can do with this, but that's all there is. Jesus says, that's plenty. Just tell them, sit down. Now, folks, listen. When God's ready to do a work, He just wants you to sit down and be quiet and listen. He just wants us to be aware of what He's doing in our midst. And you know the story. They sat down, they ate, they ate till they were full. They ate till they couldn't eat anymore. And lo and behold, Jesus says, you take these 12 baskets and you go pick it all up. And they picked up the fragment. What was left over, 12 baskets full. Have you ever thought there was 12 baskets left over that were full how many disciples were there? 
Were there not 12? Every one of them had a basket to take home with them or to take with them where they were going. Now, I don't know if you have been around much big-time, what they call big-time preachers or evangelists, or around entertainers that, that are well-known, but almost in every instant, the one that is, quote-unquote, the star, the main speaker, whatever, when it's over, they slip out, off and around and out of sight, and their entourage that works with them takes care of the crowd. Jesus says unto the disciples, and this is where we're going to get to preaching in a minute. Jesus said to the disciples, y'all go get in the boat, go to the other side, I'll take care of the crowd. Completely contrary to what our society today does. Jesus says, I'll handle it. Now folks, he's speaking to us in this speaking to these multitude or to his disciples. He says, I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care how old, how young, how affluent or anything else you are. Jesus can and will take care of it if you'll let him. Now the word says, we're going to read it in a second. He says, and Jesus commanded them, urged them, told them, get in the boat, go to the other side. I'll handle it. Let's read it. The word says, chapter, <clears throat> pardon me, chapter 14, starting in verse 22, and immediately Jesus said to his disciples, get into the boat, go before him to the other side while he sends the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had come, it was there alone. But the boat was out in the midst of the sea, tossed in the waves, and the winds was contrary. Now it's about the fourth watch of the night, somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him, Walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it's you, you command me to come to you into the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter got up out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus, but when he saw the winds were boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him up and said, O ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they had got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. Speak in just these next few moments, Father. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Jesus says, get in the boat, go and do, meet me on the other side. Folks, when Jesus gives us a commandment, he expects us to respond. He doesn't ask us, he doesn't expect us to ask questions. He doesn't ask us to give excuses. He says, I want you to do this and you 
go take care of it. Now the, the disciples got in the boat. They had their baskets of food. They pushed up. Now these were men that were used to being in a boat. They were used to fishing. And, and they were used to being out in the Sea of Galilee. So it was not something new to them. In our lives, God in, asks us to be a part of things that we do every day. He wants us to live for Him every day in our daily lives. Here they were, fishermen going out to sea in their boat, not a care in the world, thinking about, well, we've done this a hundred times over and we don't have to worry about it. We'll just go to the other side. Jesus will get there after a while. And lo and behold, as they went, Jesus didn't worry about them. Jesus didn't stand and say, well, I'll watch y'all go to the other side. The Word says He turned around, He took care of the multitude, dispersed the multitude, and then He did what every one of us should do whenever we have been ministering in the name of the Lord. He went up on the mountain to pray all by Himself. He didn't take an entourage with Him. He didn't even take the ones that were closest to Him with Him. He went by Himself. Folks, if you really want to get in touch with God, if you really want God to get in touch with you, you need to spend time with Him all by yourself. Where there's nothing interfering, where you're not trying to impress anyone, or no one's trying to impress you, you need to be in that position to where it's strictly between you and God, and God has the freedom to speak to your heart. We have a tendency sometimes to shut our minds, to shut our hearts, and say, I want to do it my way. God says, I have my way, and that's the way I want you to do it. Jesus went into the mountain. Even though He was God's Son, He spent time with His Father. I have been blessed this weekend, very muchly so, by having, Terry and I have, by having our son and his lovely wife with us in our home. It's been a, a blessing to spend time with Him and His lovely wife. I can only imagine what it could have been like with Jesus being with His Father on the mountain by Himself, saying, Father, what would You have me do? How do You want us to go about this? Rekindle the fire within me as I have spent myself ministering to these in this multitude. And then the Word tells us, after He had prayed into the, almost all night, it was in the... Th the, the watch sometime between 3 and 6 in the morning, he took off. Walked down to the shore and was going to the other side. Now listen to me. Was going to the other side. He wasn't going to check on the disciples. He had told them, I'll meet you on the other side. As he went to the other side, I've had the question asked to me, well, why in the world did Jesus walk on the water? Why did he walk? Well, he didn't have a boat, and it was a long ways around the Sea of Galilee. And besides that, he wants us to be aware that he can get to us regardless of what the situation is. No matter what's going on, no matter where you are, 
no matter how deep you're sinking, no matter how distracted you are, Jesus can get there. Jesus took out across the water, and I, I can imagine, and, and, you know, my mind's eye, I can see Jesus just trucking out across there, just going like 90 to nothing. The winds were blowing, the waves were up, going, he just going on. As he was going to the other side, he saw those that were in distress. Folks, as Jesus goes along his way, every day he is watching for us that are in distress. And as he got close to the boat, as he got close to them, they saw him. And they had the same reaction that we would, or at least I would. If I saw somebody walking across the water, I would think, boy, I'm seeing things. It's bound to be something, a, a fig, either a figment of my imagination, or as they said, well, it's a ghost. It's, it's, a, ghost. it's a bad spirit. Now then, let me read one more time what Jesus said and you tune in tune in with your ear tune in with your heart tune in to what Jesus said to them and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled and said it's a ghost and they cried out in fear and immediately and immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. In all the turmoil and all the problem, they had been rowing for hours trying to get to the other side against the wind, against the waves. They were already give out, distressed. And lo, here comes a, a figment out of the out of the darkness, walking on the water, and they say, wow, it's got to be a ghost. And it says, and they were so afraid. Folks, when we're under distress, we become fearful. We become very fearful. And we find that the disciples were afraid. And Jesus sensed that fear. And in that fear, Jesus simply said, Don't be afraid, it's me. In the vague light of the morning, with the winds blowing and the waves whipping up, with the distress of worrying about drowning, all Jesus had to say was, Don't be afraid, it's me. And the quietness came over their hearts. <clears throat> and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, and he wasn't questioning if it was him. That was a parody of statement of saying, Lord, I believe it's you. And my faith is, if you'll invite me, I'll walk out there to you. How much faith do you have in Jesus? Do you have enough faith to say, Lord God, if you bid me to come or you bid me to do that, or Lord, if you ask me to do it, I'll do it. Now Jesus went on a great long dissertation explaining what he wanted Peter to do. 
One word. One word. Come. Come. When Jesus wants us to do something, He doesn't have to go and explain it fully. So many times people say, well, well, when God explains this to me, how He wants me to do it, I'll, I'll do it. Folks, whenever God says do it, you need to do it. If He only says it in one word, He says, come Peter, come on right now. Just come. Peter stepped out of the boat, headed toward Jesus, in all faith, in all faith, he headed toward Jesus. And the word says, so he said, come, and when Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the water going to Jesus. But when he saw, when he realized that he was doing something he couldn't do. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that place whenever God had you doing something, you'd say, I can't do this. My wife loves it whenever I'm preaching and all at once she sees that look on my face of that I realize that I just said something that I don't know. God just brought something to my mind, just, just made something apparent to me that I hadn't studied, that I hadn't read. All at once, I'm doing something that I didn't do. God's doing it, and this is what Peter was doing. He was walking on the water, and all at once, he realized that he was doing something he couldn't do. And lo and behold, what happened? His faith went, and he went to sinking. And the Word says, as he sank, as he sank, he cried out. Listen. And he cried out, I'm sinking. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And the word says, and Jesus reached down, picked him up by the hand, walked him back to the boat. When they got to the boat, the wind ceased. The waves laid down. Those in the boat worshipped him. I want us to look at one other fact and I'll close. Lord, save me. I'm going down. I am losing it. Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down in all of his miraculous, wonderful, forgiving mercy and grace and lifted him up. Even though his faith waned, he lifted him up and he took him back to the boat. Today, we're crying out, Lord God, save us. Save our nation. Save our people. Lord God, what's happening in our midst? Please, save us. And God's Word has given us the answer for that. Second Chronicles, chapter 7, a verse that we have read a number of times and quoted even having hanging out on the wall. But the answer to our problems in America, our answer to our problems in our lives, 
Our answer is not president, is not government, is not military force, is not financing. Our answer is within ourselves. And Jesus said, the word says, if my people, that's you and me, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Lord God, I'm seeking help. That's what Peter said. He humbled himself and says, God, I'm getting ready to drown. Help! And it says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, if they'll humble themselves, ask God to forgive them and turn from their sin and say, oh God, forgive me. And he says, then, and only then, then, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. What did he say? He says, if you're serious about this, if you really don't want to drown, if you're really serious about crying out and hollering help, if you want me to forgive you of your sin, if you want me to pull you up out of the drink like he did Peter and keep you from drowning, he says, humble yourselves. Pray. Ask God to forgive us. Folks, it's not up to anybody else but you and I, His people that are called by His name. We're the only ones that can make a difference. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the Word says. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive, first of all, their sin. Second of all, I'll heal their land. Folks, a lot of us, most of us, our nation, many of our Christian brothers and sisters, many of our churches are sinking. Oh, they may be having great services that entertain the people, but they're sinking because they've not humbled themselves and called upon the Lord. I wonder in my own mind and my own heart if we, right here at Montanay Baptist Church, are serious enough about letting God take control, about letting God fix it, about letting God lift us up before we drown, that we're willing to say, Lord God, I've messed up. I've messed up. My faith has waned. My eyes I've taken off of you. I've not spent the time on the mountain with you as you did with your father. 
today, today I humble my heart before you. I've been saved a long time. I know Jesus is Lord and Savior. But today I humble my heart before you. And I pray. And I ask you to forgive me. And Lord God, I know you'll hear from heaven. I have the faith that you'll hear from heaven. And you'll forgive me. And in your own might, you'll heal our land. Are you willing to stand up today and be humble unto Jesus so he can work? Peter was. Jesus said, come, and he came. But when he started to sink, he cried out, Lord God, my faith is waning. I'm drowning. And Jesus lifted him up. Father, I thank you and I praise your name for the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you've blessed through our children, through their sponsors. And Lord God, that you've blessed through your word. And Father, if there's one person if there's one person that needs to come to you today and acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, I'd pray the time or nothing else would keep them from doing that. They would just follow you in total obedience, whether it be through salvation, whether it be through baptism, whether it be through joining the church, whether it just come to the front and say, Lord God, forgive me. Lord, you work in their lives. And we'll give you praise for I thank you for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Anyway, would you stand with us? Brother Harold, lead us, brother. Right quickly, don't wait, don't tarry. Prayer altars are here, I'm here, you come on. Don't wait. Come to Jesus right now. Humble yourselves oh, before him. to Jesus I surrender all You need to, to join the church. Come on, right now. Freely. Come be a part of this fellowship. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to your opportunity. Let Come on. Me feel Don't put it off. Don't say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. True God only promises today. Come on. Come to Him right now. I surrender Come on. Come to Jesus. Lord God, I'm sinking. Jesus said, I'll take care of it. Come on. This is your verse. This is your opportunity. Come on. 
Come on right now. Lord, Come on to Jesus. Say, Lord God, I want you to forgive me. To I want you to work in my life. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessings fall on me. I surrender, I surrender it all. all. I'm humbly laying it before you, Father. Praise God for you being here. Thank you for allowing us this last extra 15, 20 minutes here. I pray that God will bless you in a very special way for being so attentive this morning. And we thank again Brother Harold, Miss Tammy, and the other workers with the kiddos. They did a great job, and we praise God for that. And uh, man, man, folks, come back tonight. We're going to talk about the three cheers that Jesus gave us in the New Testament. So come on, be here. Be a part. Six o'clock, right here. God will bless. I promise you. Brother Tim Digner, pray us out of here, brother. Amen.